This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Today it's the Dick and Brady Show. Dick Beardsley, Dick Beardsley's Guide Service, Brady Loudon of Visit Bemidji, and we are talking ice fishing adventures and misadventures, plus a lot more. And we'll find out what cool things are coming to Bemidji with Brady Lawton. It's all coming up. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu I'm Jason Durham at Go Fish Guide Service. I'm proud of the efforts my fellow guides and I make to help Kev Jackson sound like he has a clue. This is Paul Bunyan Country. Well, today on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, we got double duty. We got uh, Brady Loudon from Visit Bemidji. Hey, it's great to be here, Kev. And we got Dick Beardsley of Dick Beardsley's Fishing Guide Service. Kev, always good to be with you. And uh, Brady, too. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and Brady, though, part of Visit Bemidji is also a fishing guide who kind of works with you. So. Absolutely. And he's uh, he's one of the nicest young men, excellent angler. Every group he's ever gone out with, um, the feedback I've got from them has been, I mean, seriously, it, it's above five stars. Well, oh, yeah. Dick's way too nice, but I have learned a lot from Dick, and it's uh, it's been a fun journey. <laughs> okay, But you have not had a chance to do a lot of ice fishing this year. I haven't. Me. I've been able to film Dick catch some really beautiful <laughs> fish, which that's almost as fun. But, yeah, no, I haven't been out on the ice as much myself. And, Dick, you've had adventures out there. Holy cow, Kev. <laughs> i tell you, I thought last winter – was tough. You know, we had a lot of snow, and it seemed like once it started snowing, it snowed and snowed and snowed, and then blew and blew and blew. And so, you know, I didn't have a plow, and I was having trouble, you know, getting out to my houses, even though I put special tires on my truck and everything. Well, finally, by early February last year, I finally I broke down and got a plow, and uh, and even then, by at that point, it was still it was tough getting around because there was so much snow. So I thought, but this year. I've got my plow. I can keep on top of things. And, Kev, this year, in my opinion, it's it's worse than last year just from the way the ice – mainly talking right now Lake Bemidji because that's where I put my rental houses. But a lot of the other lakes are – many of them are like this. But it's, the ice is so variable, Kev. I mean, the south end where a lot of the houses are, a lot of roads plowed out, you know, there's probably 20 inches of ice. But – you know, in the middle of the lake, north end of the lake, it varies. I've seen it nine inches. I've seen it, the most I've seen, or at least where I've been, is about 15 inches. That's not much. Yeah. And when you're driving a three-quarter ton truck with a plow on it, um, I and I, I handle all this, you know, I, I'm very about anal about safety. So I'm out there checking the roads. But even with that, I, uh, I had a near miss, first time ever in my life. Whew. Well, I'm glad it was a near miss. Well, do you want me to kind of briefly tell you what happened? Sure, sure. So I had a road coming out the Lavinia axis, so folks aren't familiar with that. It's on the northeast side of the lake. 
So I, I, I put houses up in that northern corner, northeast corner, to begin the season with. Well, there was no roads. Nobody, it was like a ghost town up there. But I went out and checked the ice on my snowmobile. Finally figured, okay, I'm good to go. So I, I, I built the road. Had to go around some slushy areas. But got a road out there, put a couple houses out there, extended the road, got another house out there. And one of the houses last week just wasn't producing real well. So, And by this point, I should back up. The road going out from Lavinia, if you were at the access looking out, you think, oh, it looks great. Well, I had to make a little jag. Once you got around that jag, there was about the next half mile was 8 to 10 inches of water and ruts and the ice. And, and any time you've got standing water on ice, it weakens that ice, you know, it's, it's underneath it. So anyhow, I get out to this house. I was going to – it wasn't producing real well. I was going to move it. So I thought, well, I'll just move – I'll plow road because it was going to be towards the west side. I'll just plow road from there. So I plow road. I get out, check the ice a couple times, check it for some slush. Had to go around a, a slushy area. But I got out to my spot. I cleared out a little snow to put the house. Went back to where my house was, hitched up my 16-foot ice castle, and I'm coming back. I'm about three-quarters of the way there. And, Kev, all of a sudden, I feel the back end of my truck just go down and I look in my side mirror and there's this big thing of ice coming up. So luckily my front tires are on good ice. And at this point, you're just thinking, okay, get the heck out of here, you know, I with my truck. My truck, the front end wasn't going down. So I gunned it, got my tires up on the good ice, but now I have a 16-foot wheelhouse that's coming through. All of a sudden that wheelhouse starts going down. And I could, when it started going down, I could feel my truck. It was going forward. It started going backwards. So I gunned it some more and got it up out of there. And I got on some good ice. And I get out of my truck. And let's just say this. I'm looking for a roll of toilet paper at this point. (laughs) And so I I grabbed my spud bar out of the back of my truck. And I walked back over there. And I'm pounding the ice. And I knew the ice I was walking on was okay. But I get up there and there's a large crack. And there, natural cracks, you know, yeah. develop all the time. But this one was about, at the time, when I got back, about four inches wide. So I followed it. It went about 25 yards to the north of where it was. And then I followed it to the south. I, I walked 300 yards and that crack was still there. So I came back and I thought, you know, me, ever the optimist, that maybe I just hit a bad... Bad thing of slush. Uh, with uh, I'll drop my spud bar down and hit some good ice. Well, I, I have a five foot spud bar. I dropped it down and it <laughs> it it didn't stop. Mm. And I'm in fifty feet of water. Mm. So, Kev, what happened? I don't know if the weight or what, but and that or it was a weak spot. But uh, that main crack, another crack developed off of that and to the east and made an egg shape about four times the width of my truck. And then came back and joined up to that main crack, and I I could I got my spud bar in there and wedged it again. I could move it. That was a gosh dang iceberg. So I dropped off my house. I was able to have a narrow path far enough away from that bad spot and away from the slush. Even though I went through the slush to get back onto my good road, and then I went back to where my house was, where I started this new road. Put a big berm of snow in front. Got back onto the my road back to Lavinia, full of water. By this time, it's pretty near dark. 
so the next morning I called the sheriff's department right away, and, and one of the deputies met me out at Lavinia, and he was so concerned about even driving back through that water out there. They just closed that, my roads off right down there with mm-hmm. yellow tape and stuff. And it, yeah. and Kev, it, so I was able to get, so I shut down all my ice house rentals, had to call everybody because they were all booked up. Um, I was able to f- build some new roads coming out of the North Woods access, but it's um, it's it's hairy out there. And people, I'm sure some people don't believe me, but I mean, I, listen, I experienced it firsthand. That's the first time I've ever came close to putting a vehicle, I mean, all the way through the ice. And boy, that... And, not that it's a wake-up call, and I don't have them on me right now because I'm not going back out on the ice, but, you know, I wear my ice picks around me. You yeah. can ask Brady. They're oh, around yeah. my neck all winter long. Absolutely. From the time I walk out until I get them off in the spring, the houses. I don't care if there's three feet of ice out there. They're just always around my neck because, you know, and the DNR always talks about this. No matter how thick that ice is, it's never 100% safe. I've seen areas, on not on Lake Bemidji, but on Lake's with big tulip uh, populations. And sometimes when they school up, and if they start thinning up right below the surface, like feeding, you get thousands of them doing that, it can wear down that ice like that. You don't know that they're down there doing that. So I just, I can't repeat enough, Kev, about being safe out there on the ice. And if you, and on Bemidji, don't even think about trying to get off the plowed roads unless you've got a snowmobile or a track vehicle. And even then, you gotta. You could run into slush, and you won't even know it till you're in it. Hmm. Yeah, that's spooky stuff, Dick. I was just gonna say, from Visit Bemidji's standpoint, no fish is worth a person's life, mm-hmm. and we did have that happen this past winter um, on Lake Bemidji. And so, just please use caution when you're getting out onto the ice and going with the buddy system. Having someone that went out there with you uh, to be out there, it's uh, it's paramount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and especially. If you're going out on the lake for the first time, whether it be on a vehicle or in a snowmobile, whatever, don't go at night when it's dark. Because when it's mm. dark, it, it's even more brutal out there. Or if it's snowing, you get out there and you don't know where you're at and the road that you might be on gets blown shut or something, especially at night, good luck getting back off. You know, So, yeah. boy, you just can't. I don't want to be scaring people away from trying to get out there, but you just got to use extreme caution, especially this year. I uh, I want to thank you for saying get the heck out of there because that might not have been the word I would have used. <laughs> so, <laughs> so oh, I'm telling you, Kev, um, I've that was as, that's as scary as a moment yeah. I've ever, not even close before. Yeah. Never has never. I mean, I've gone through slush. I've gotten stuck out there in deep snow, had to dig myself out. But nothing that scared me, nothing that was where I was. My, I mean, if somebody if somebody would have, you know, people follow roads out. That's why I put that giant berm of snow in case somebody would have come out there. If, they, if somebody would have come out and drove across that spot, because, Kev, once I got up out of there, that floating iceberg came right back to the surface of the good ice. And there was a little bit of water that come up because of of the weight of my truck. But otherwise, you just think, up, oh, no big deal. Kev, I, honestly, if somebody would have gone over there with a even maybe a snowmobile, but for sure a, a, a vehicle, they would have they would have gone through because it was big enough to where it wouldn't have got wedged like in the ice. I mean, it, you, you would have just start going right down. Mm. That's scary. Wow, I know. So. 
Other than that, how's the fishing? Get to Kev. The the bite. It's I tell you, it it's been um, at least you know I put my houses out on jumbo perch spots because you kind of get a wave of them going all day long, yeah. and you pick up a few walleyes and stuff. But up until about the last three days, man, you'd you'd see them on your electronics and stuff, and you'd you'd catch some, but you really had to work them. The last two three days now. I'm telling you, it's been. I've, I've been. I would readjusting some of my my um, rattle reels and some of the fish houses, and so I got the Vexler on, you know, and I I just putting down the spoon with no bait on there, just so I can put the cork where it should be. I've had fish come up and hit the spoon without even any bait on it. Oh, so wow. yeah, they're they're really starting to um, be a lot more aggressive now, and uh, so. And, but now there's a. I was out yesterday with some some guys rented a house. They were up on Upper Red. They were there for two days, caught two ten inch walleyes in two days. That's the only bites they had. So they called me up and said, "Hey, you got a house open?" And that's I just started opening back up. So they came down and I had them out in one of my houses, and I was and they were catching a bunch of perch. And then I was in another house fairly close to it, thinking about moving it because it wasn't real going real good. So sometimes, you know, when you got when you've got wheelhouses, it's you can't really go whole hopping, right? You know, and sometimes you got to just wait for those fish to come to you. Well, I was out there for an hour and a half, and I never had a mark on my electronics. I'm thinking, well, I know this house. I'm I'm going to move this one. At about five o'clock, Kev, it it was crazy. The perch moved in there, and big perch. It was one after another. I caught three walleyes, bang, 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 and it was unbelievable. So you just never know. Yeah. And at 5.30, it was done. <laughs> yeah. But, boy, for a half an hour there, it was crazy. So now yeah. I'm debating whether to move the house or not. We'll see. Yeah. What are you guys seeing out there as far as uh, activity? Is it more or less than years past? You know, I've been flying the drone for Visit Bemidji, and on the lake, it definitely seems like there isn't as many houses on the south end, and that's what Dick has been talking about a lot, and uh, definitely not on the north end, but typically there's that village out on the south end, and it's definitely not as present in, as in past years. And, Kev, even, you know, we've had some, the last couple of weekends, the weather has been just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to get out and enjoy some ice fishing, but, I mean, not near the people out I mean, honestly, not like it typically would be. And, you know, you'll you'll see an increase in people out on the south end and up on the out of the Northwoods axis there, you know, going out on the roads that are there. But in between and even on those places, not near like it's typically is. So I think, you know, I think people um, are maybe knowing that these conditions aren't the best. And, you know, maybe we'll just wait and. If we get a stretch of some real cold weather again, which it sounds like next, you know, that last week in, in um, January looks a lot better as far as colder temperatures. But it's going to take cold temperatures. And it, and any roads that got water on them or, or, and you're driving in slush, they're not just going to freeze up overnight. It's going to take a long time. And those those might never, if vehicle traffic keeps going back and forth on them, they're never going to get completely hard. Yeah, But uh a lot less activity. And some of the other smaller lakes for panfish, I, I go out and do a little scouting, you know, driving around. I virtually see nobody on 
many of these smaller panfish lakes because some of them you walk out from the access and you get right into slush just walking out there. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Well, there, there's two kinds of ice fishing. There's uh, I'm going to watch the well, not the Vikings anymore. No, <laughs> I'm going to watch football on the big screen TV in this beautiful living room that happens to have holes in the floor. <laughs> and if we catch fish, yeah. great. And then there's serious anglers. Right. And serious anglers take out those nice light electric augers now, yep. and those nice light portable fish houses, and they're wearing these wonderful clothes, and mm-hmm. they and they can be mobile, and they can be a more like an actual. Fisherman, right? right? Uh, more mobile, like you would be in a boat in softwater exactly. season. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's what I've been doing with my snowmobile is because I'm always looking for new spots to, to move the wheelhouses to in case the bite goes. You know, I get the houses usually two two couple days, but I've been out on the snowmobile and um, and and doing just that. But even out in the snowmobile, and I've checked a few spots, and some of my like go to spots. That I put usually put houses on. Gosh, right now there's I, I was out the other day. I checked three different spots, and I think I caught one small walleye in one spot. And never marked another fish on any others. You know, so yeah. you just don't know. You just got to get out there and explore. But that's half the fun of it. Well, yeah. we did earlier get out this season. Dick and I did, and we were in the portables, and we were crushing the crappies and catching some really nice walleyes. Yeah. So the early season for ice fishing, we had some good trips, and there was a lot of fun. And it, there is something really fun about being that portable, being able to walk out, do everything by hand, and then be able to catch some fish. It's very rewarding. And 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 Kev and you, Brady's absolutely right. The beginning of the season, you know, we started getting some good ice and stuff. Not enough to you could drive on. But you could walk out. There wasn't a lot of snow. It was easy walking and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, and the walleye bite was good. But and the crappies too, mm-hmm. like Brady was saying. But then all of a sudden, you know, we, then we that snowstorm of what pretty near a month ago now, we got 15 inches of that heavy wet stuff. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, that just really put a boondockle on our ice out here this year. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, and it's so weird because then you go and I I just talked to Chuck Hazzy before you guys. Yeah. And Walker Bay got unbelievable ice. This year. No kidding. Yeah. Really? Hmm. Um, way better than any other part of the lake. Wow. So, and then you go up to Red Lake and they've got great ice, but yeah. unfortunately, no, apparently the walleyes are not biting at the <laughs> moment, right which now, is unfortunate yeah. because the ice is great there. Lake of the Woods got good ice. You go down to Mille Lacs, of course, and yeah. it's not even 10 inches in most that's places. That's unbelievable. So, hmm. Just, uh, it's, it's a weird, just weird. weird. It is. It's and very it, weird. And that's there. what we, I'm glad we're doing this show, Kev, because that's what we need to let people know and be aware of that, you know, just because it's good in one area and on one bunch of lakes in a particular area, doesn't mean it's good anywhere else. And it doesn't, you don't have to go that far away. And it's like, it's like night and day difference. Right. You know? And of course I've been talking to the folks down in Brainerd, your rival. Yes. Visit Brainerd and the uh, (laughs) JC's ice fishing extravaganza. Yeah. And and I, I thought, you know, they'd be really nervous, but the guy said, no, I, you believe it or not. That's as good a ice as we've seen in early January. Wow! Uh, and that in the area on Gull where they the bay, have that tournament. Holding yeah. the yeah. holding the bay. Holding hold the day. Holding the day bay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Wow! So it's just it's wacky. So they're all they're all good to they're, go. They're good to go. Hmm. At yeah. least they were, you know. And we, we check in with them every week. Yeah. Know, up until the tournament, it's. It's just, you're right, it's just weird this year. It's just very weird. I got to meet the gentleman that runs that, and man, they do a good job as far as putting on that. And the sight of seeing all those fish houses out there, or the anglers, I should say, um, that's a pretty cool uh, event that they do out there. Kevin, have you ever fished it? I have not. Oh, I've I've gone there a few times over the year. I haven't been in a number of years now, but it seems like... 
I think I've gone there three times. Every year it was like 15 below zero <laughs> and wind blowing and you can't use a shelter or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it's, it is kind of cool to see 15,000 or so anglers all in this tight bunch. And then you can always tell when somebody catches a fish because, man, they're doing the 100-yard dash up to the way place, you know, because it's all based on when you get a fish there. And, yeah. Yeah. and, and I think uh, all the volunteers that are a part of that event, I mean, it's pretty incredible if they're get, able to get that amount of attendance for such a fishing tournament. Can you imagine yeah. drilling 15,000 or 20,000 <laughs> holes? You have no, to start last. No, I cannot. you got to start last June to do that. <laughs> yes. We got a lot more to cover with Dick Beardsley and Brady Laden. We'll find out what's going on with Visit Bemidji next, plus a double fast five coming up. This is Mandy here, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson's ratings up on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Winter has set in. Bemidji, the first city on the Mississippi, comes alive during the frozen winter months. Whether you explore the hundreds of miles worth of trails by either snowmobile or snowshoe, Bemidji captures Minnesota at its finest. There are 400 lakes close by, perfect for that weekend ice fishing getaway. Located in the heart of northern Minnesota, Bemidji. Hotels, B&Bs, and year-round resorts, Bemidji has you covered for your perfect winter getaway. All reasons why Paul Bunyan and Babe call Bemidji home. For more details, go to visitbemidji.com. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Bruce Jean, and this is Paul Bunyan Country. Dick Beardsley of Dick Beardsley's Guide Service and Brady Loughton of Visit Bemidji, my guest today. Let's talk a little bit about uh, sure. Visit Bemidji. Uh, you got we, We've talked about it before, but we're getting closer and closer. Big event coming up in early fall. Yes. Uh, that's really going to showcase yes. Greater Bemidji and the outdoor activities. You got it. So that's the GLOW Conference, Association of Great Lake Outdoor Writers. That's going to be coming in uh, September of this fall. It's going to be a wonderful event. Um, we actually just landed a spring board meeting, so I get to meet all of them, uh, which are going to be coming up in March. And hopefully, if ice uh, pending conditions, we can get them out in one of Dick Beardsley's uh, ice castles. So that will be fun so they can get on the ice. And uh, I'm actually going to be going to be going up for a media event up at Lake of the Woods um, later this month. So I'll be able to go walleye fishing and sauger fishing. But, um, yeah, it's going to be such a fun event to be able to have all these different um, Aglow members be a part of the conference in Bemidji. They can experience the fishing, the hunting, and they, we have that regional shooting park that they're going to be able to be a part of. And I know that you uh, joined Aglow as well. So that's going to be really fun. And, well, I figured uh, all these cool guys were going to yeah. be in town. I wanted to hang out with them. So. Well, and kudos to Brady because they don't just call up Brady and say, hey, you know, we'd like to maybe, you know, do this here. They Brady really worked his tail off because there's a lot of other communities want this here. Well, they, the promotion nice, yeah. you get. And 
and he got her done, and that's a big feather in your cap. Well, I appreciate it, Dick, yeah. And I can't go without saying thanks to Joe Henry. He was actually one of the people that I was competing against was Lake of the Woods from Minnesota. But then we were going up against Niagara Falls, New York, oh, wow. and Kentucky Lake, and so it was all over the United States. So we're lucky enough to be able to host them. Now we just have to show them a good time. Yeah. So fishing on Lake Bemidji, fishing on all of our many, many, many lakes. I think that's one of the cool things that we have going for us is, yeah, we got a kind of a – we got to showcase lake right on the shores of the city, right? For mm-hmm. sure, but five miles here, five miles there, we I got know. tons of other I, I, and that's showcase something lakes that too. A lot of communities that are big enough to hold an event like this can can promote that. I mean, Lake of the Woods, great lake. I love fishing it too. You got one lake yeah. here, so we we got so many multi species you can go fish for. We might take a group crappie fishing or largemouth, smallmouth bass fishing, maybe pike fishing, muskie. I mean, yeah. th- that's why that's why I love it in this Bemidji area because you're not just stuck with one going after one species. There's multiple species, and you can be out on a trip on one day and catch multiple species. You know, yeah. which is it's it's. There's a, there's a lot of hidden gems of the Northwoods, and I, the, one of the taglines that we always say at Visit Bemidji is there's 400 lakes within 25 miles of Bemidji. I know there's not a lot of towns that can say that. I know they, there are some in Minnesota, but, man, we're blessed to have these lakes up in the Northwoods. And being able to have them experience the multi-species, I mean, it doesn't get much better. Well, and then you've got, I mean, if you want to just want to talk outdoors, you've got how many thousands of acres of state and national forest right here? Yeah. Yeah. Good I mean, point. Chippewa National Forest, which we're on the doorstep of, 1.1 million acres. Yeah. And then all the, like you said, Kev, the state land, the county tax forfeited land that's open to the public. That all, we are we are blessed. I mean, we really are. And not only with fishing, but the hunting, the just the hiking through the woods, the the yeah. state park, the trail system that we have around here, amazing. Even even uh, third, I think it's Third Island County Lake. Is that what? Three Island. Three, Three Island. Island. Yeah. My goodness, that's a hidden gem. I went uh, snowshoeing back there, and I was taking uh, drone photos. There's so many places that I didn't Isn't that know about. Isn't back in there? I know. Just hearing and seeing the swans Just right fly outside over. of town. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. That's, that is incredible. That yeah. is a wonderful place. I love it. Same yeah. like the mobile maze. Same right. thing. You can yeah. get lost back in those woods well, back in there. And, and then you've got... Um, Oh, what is it? The one just out of town. Um, that's the Audubon Society. Oh, yeah. Down yeah. on, uh, yep. I can't think of the name of the lake now. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's, that is, you, you're you like back in the bush down in there. And the LaSalle Rec Center. Right. Oh, oh just I on love and that. on and on. That is. It's just yeah. unbelievable. It's, it, I, and the Chippewa, as far as grouse hunting opportunities go, or even being able to fish in some of those lakes back there, I was taking some just such gorgeous fall color photos in the Chippewa. And my goodness, that's just a beautiful area even the canutes and dam where you see the mississippi river come through i mean it's uh it's a little hidden hidden paradise back there it really is yeah Yeah. you know we're very blessed all right well um dick uh, you are renting houses still i i'm back at it yeah (laughs) as of right now we're it's still a goal but again and if if you rent a house with me um again ice is never 100 percent safety or safe but i never take people out if i think the conditions are bad if I lose business, I lose business. Safety's number one. It always has been, and it will continue to be that way. So if you book a house and it's still a goal, I don't call you, you're good to go. Okay. And how do we get that done? Yeah, you bet you can call me at 218-556-7172 or email me at dick at dickbeardsley.com. I, or you can text me 
Um, that way, it's nice having that written thing because I talk to people on the phone. I write notes down, and then half the time I lose the notes. I, I think I need that a sounds s- familiar. No, <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, and uh, and I'm 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 starting to get uh, very booked already for the summer now. Oh, okay. My June is like filling up like crazy. So um, you know we, we can start booking open water trips too. And um, yeah, and Brady. Brady is right there with me, and uh, he's a heck of a good guide, So, and yeah. he's fun to be with, believe me. Well, Dick's been catching some jumbo perch on Bemidji, and uh, those are some really fun fish to catch, and it can provide a lot of action, so it would be, you'd have a good time going out with Dick. All right, very cool. Well, guys, before we wrap it up, we got to always do a fast five. Oh, I love the fast five. I think I was slower on the fast five last time, so I'll go really fast. Three. Five. Fast five. Question number one. Or just the who? Oh, no, you each, each, oh, okay, each get gotcha. to answer. You answer the same question. Okay. So. okay. I'll, I'll point to who's going to go first. Okay, gotcha. Time. Question number one. What is your favorite pop? Sugar-free uh, Dr. Pepper. Mine's Dr. Pepper, but I no longer drink pop. I'm only having water now because I've passed too many kidney stones. Oh, okay. He's too young for that. You are too young for that. So no pop for me. All right. No pop for you. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's for you. Yeah. Question number two. Who is your favorite actor? Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. I love him. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> two different generations there. <laughs> okay. All right. Question number three. You can only have one of these the rest of your life. Are you going to choose burgers for the rest of your life or brats for the rest of your life? Oh, Probably burger. It's hard to beat a good burger. Yeah, burger. Okay. I'll go with brats, but it has to be cheddar brats because I, I need that extra cheese in that. <laughs> All right. Question number four. Are you a coffee drinker? I am. Yes, I love having coffee in the morning. Okay. Yep, I enjoy it. Do you need additives? No. Okay. No. Hardcore. I, I, I've learned the art of discipline in the last like year, so I'm really trying to be able to take care of that. Okay. What about you? I'm a foo-foo coffee drinker. Ah. I need all. I I need all the stuff. In fact, a good friend of mine. I was at a hockey game, watching my little buddy Sam, my oh, little yeah. fishing buddy yeah. Sam play, and his grandpa Dave brought me over a cup of coffee. He said, "Yeah, Dick." He goes, "I don't figure you just want black coffee." Oh yeah, thanks, Dave. Oh, that was tough choking that thing down. It was like drinking a liquid tar for me. Put in the additives. All right. Well, well, Dick, we asked you this question about uh, your, your the biggest, the best race you ever ran. The best, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Marathon. So this is a different version. Okay. What is the greatest sporting event you have witnessed in your life? I would have to say, for me, it was probably... Seventh game of the World Series when the Twins beat. Would they play Atlanta or St. Louis? The year where Morris went. The oh, t- that's ninety one. Ninety one. Okay. I I tell you what. Well, I was at somehow I was able to go to both of those seventh games, and both of them are right up there. I I've never seen so much excitement, so much noise. That was right off the top of my head. That that sticks out big time. What about you? Mine would have to be a Minnesota Twins playoff game with the Homer Hankey. I saw that up in your office as well. But uh, being in the old Metrodome and with the excitement that was in that building, okay. that was a childhood memory that I had a really good time. Hey, Kev, I, I was hoping I could say when the Vikes won the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> but no. no. Uh, 
Yeah, that's another subject. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I yeah, I would say for me, um, probably, and, and so I didn't see it in person, but Miracle on Ice. Wow. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Okay, that's... I'm I'm redigging on mine. <laughs> I still remember what I was doing. Yeah. Honest to gosh, I I was listen. I was train. I was training. I was living in Excelsior in a one room apartment, and I was, you know, I was at the height of my, really just the height of my my marathon running. So, so I was training down in the cities, and my first wife Mary. We had a one room apartment. One little. We had one little bedroom, and then the rest of the apartment. And I was out in the kitchen, and I was listening to it on the TV or the radio. And when when we scored that goal and won the game, you know, and held on. I screamed so loud. She was taking a nap. She got up and she was bawling. She thought somebody <laughs> shot me or something. That was okay. Yeah, the twins was right up there, but that yes. was. Thank you for bringing that up, Kev. That was amazing. Yeah, I would say the miracle on ice would be, and then Brady doesn't. He to that's before my time. Watch reruns. I know. Of that. I knew, I'll, I'll, the ninety-one I'll World it. Series oh. is before his right. Time too. It is. Yeah. Yep, you got oh, it. Kev, that yeah. was. Wow. That still gives me shivers when I think about yeah. it. I would say Miracle Eyes, and then right below it would be Game... I, I put Game 6 and Game 7 of the 91 World Series into one gigantic I game. I do, too. Those are two, the two most amazing back-to-back uh, World Series games, I think, in the history of baseball. And when Morris... When uh, Tom uh, Kelly goes out and wants to get Morris out of the game... And Morris, no. Morris says, oh, you, I, you ain't taking the ball. Ten innings. Yeah. You, you wouldn't get a pitcher to do that these days. <laughs> They cut him off. Oh, yeah. he was. Well, Rocco wouldn't do that. That's for sure. <laughs> Morris was. I tell you, I still like listen to him once in a while when, like Barrera or somebody will have him on their yeah. sports show. He he tells it like it is. He, he was a tough dude, boy. <laughs> he tell it. Yeah, he was. And a Minnesotan too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> All right. Oh, and uh, bonus question. Okay. What is your New Year's hunting and/or fishing resolution? Well, I just need to get on the ice more or be able to get outdoors more. Just be able, I mean, there's so many opportunities out in the great outdoors. And so as much as I can get out, that's my New Year's resolution is being able to get out and make memories with the different guide clients. And mine, Kev, it's the same if today, it's this every year when I take people out. Like I tell them, I've got, here's my top three things. And it, it holds true to this day. Number one is having safety. Number two is having fun. And number three is catching fish. And that's my resolution every year, and, and uh, I stand by it. Yes. <laughs> Most of the people have asked us all a bit about doing more. Mm-hmm. And some of them specific. Like some guys say, I really want to do more trout fishing in small lakes than mm-hmm. I've done in the past. Yeah. Or things like that. But it all it all involves more. Doing it more. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can do a whole lot more than I'm <laughs> doing right now. I, I tell you, Kev, you know, I'm on the water, especially in the summertime, every day. And, um, you know, when I was like Brady's age, if I had a half day trip in the morning, I'd book another one in the afternoon. I don't do that anymore. It's either a four hour trip or a six hour trip. I'm too tired at the end of the day now. You know, I'll be 67 in March and I just don't have the, the energy like I used to have. And, you know, really though, a six hour day on a, on the lake is for most people is plenty. And by the time I get done, Getting things redone for the next day and getting the boat cleaned up and stuff—it turns into a eight, nine-hour day anyhow. Yeah, you know. So. All right, Brady Laden, <laughs> visit Bemidji, Dick Beardsley, Dick Beardsley's Guide Service. Great having you guys in the studio again. Thanks for stopping in, Kev. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Always a lot of fun. Thanks, Kev.
That's it for this time around. want to remind you, though, that this Saturday, a big event on all the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors radio stations. We'll be doing a live show from the Brainerd JC's Ice Fishing Extravaganza. Wild Bill and myself, Kev Jackson, will be in studio. We'll have reports from the ice. We're going to hear from some of the best anglers in the region. It'll start at 11 a.m. and run until about 4 o'clock, and it'll be on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 in Bemidji, B93.3 in Brainerd-Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. We will talk to you then. Bob Bunyan, country, country.